Today on FranX, we're talking about competitor messaging. Should you bash them? Should you be nice to them? How do you play with your competitors? Whether you're a supplier, a franchisor, or a Z, you can get into it coming up next. I mean, on our personal lives, these conversations are probably different, but publicly, if you're thinking about what you want to say about your competition, Charles, how do, how do you handle that? You're talking to uh, a brand and they go, well, how are you different than insert law firm? Do you talk about them? Do you talk about you? How do you handle it? Yeah. It I have a hard time begin and, and I'll, I'll, there's two avenues, right? When I'm speaking with an experienced franchisor, I, I don't talk about our competitors. Um, if they ask what differentiates us, I'll just focus on the value we provide and what differentiates us. Um, where I have an issue is in the world of startup franchisors, people franchising their business, um, there's certain franchise development companies out there that lie to businesses about franchising their business. I know, and I explained to, um, I, I can tell every individual exactly what they're saying, what they're offering, um, and why I believe it's not accurate. So I'm, I'm pretty drastic with that. I get calls every week. We had one yesterday of Charles, I really wanted to speak with you. We franchised two years ago. We went with XYZ company. Um, we haven't sold a franchise. I'm now learning more and realize our FDD needs to be structured differently with territories and other stuff. Um, can you work with us? And that's because someone lied to them about sales and other stuff. So in that case, I'm going to be honest. And I know I may be actually... It, it's not a favorable thing. So that's me. But when I'm speaking with experienced franchisors, I, I really have no, they have a relationship. They have an experience. We're going to be genuine about what we do, what we believe differentiates us. And that's the way to go. Yeah. So, uh, and obviously we're talking like general business right now. Um, I play above board. Uh, that could be because, um, you know, we, we work with a hundred brands. I, I don't think there's any, any competitor that comes even close to us, uh, on what we've developed. Uh, and I'm confident in that. So therefore, you know, we, we probably have more of a target on our back from, uh, those competing against us than vice versa. Um, but it's interesting. Um, I mean, I've, I've had emails sent to me uh, from competitors of ours and they take an opposite approach. They say, you know, mainland 1851 in their emails and they, they also tell things that are not true. And I get those and I'm like, first of all, I think it's sad. Uh, second of all, when, when someone's selling me their services, uh, if they're bashing the competition, I'm like, if you're willing to do that, 
to your to them who are doing nothing to you. What's going to happen if it doesn't work out with us? Like I look at that just as human human qualities. If you if you need to put people down to put yourself up, the second something fizzles out or stops uh, with us, you're going to do the same thing to us. Um, so I watch for that behavior, even even when we're interviewing uh, staff to join our team. I go, tell me what the the trigger is that's making you leave. If they go overly negative uh, with what they say about the company that they're at, then I'm going to use that as an insight that most likely at some point you won't work for us either. And you're going to say the exact same thing about us. And am I comfortable with that being the narrative uh, if it doesn't work out, whether it's us or it's you? Uh, does that work out or not? So anyway, my, my statement is I've always evaluated um, how that, that that's public relations too uh, in the way that you present your message. Is it is it about how you can perform differently or is it about what your competition quote unquote does does wrong? And so I think that also swings over to the franchisor side that I do think, and we've talked about this on websites, I do think a a competitor comparison is important not to bash them it's not it's not to put down you know you're in education you want to put down another education brand it's to say this is how we're different and apples to apples here's what our investment is here's what our AUVs are here's our number of units here's what states we're in here's the number of franchisees that are expanding and frankly most of that information on comparable data is out there on like entrepreneur magazine does a really good job at uh, building digests of, of brand information. So my, my take is, um, if you bat, if you bash, if you use bashing as a way, uh, to sell your product service or brand, um, I, I, you know, I think that's, that's childish, uh, and I wouldn't work with you. Um, and I think, you know, that, that's my take though. I agree with you on protecting lies. Well, uh, there, are, there are a lot of bad suppliers, but I try no, to play. I, well, let, let's be clear. Yeah, that's a pet peeve of mine. And I guess you could see that. But that's more about, I'm not even trying to convert a client. I'm not. That's just about, hey, just be aware. But, but to your point, if you have to talk negatively about a competitor to explain your benefit and value, then as an organization, you're shallow, you haven't done what you're supposed to, and they probably shouldn't work with you, right? They won't, but but it's the same issue with the startup franchisors. When they get a hold of a supplier that says, we're going to get you a thousand units in the next five years. And you say, no, part of this is diligence to say, well, show me one that you've done before that has done this. So there's a lot of too good to be true uh, suppliers at the beginning stage of franchising. But when you're coming into an industry, your expectation is that in general, that people are just good human beings. So you don't know how to cut the cards or cut the deck. Uh, you, you, it, It's believable. And I think that's what happens like when you're getting a hold of one of these brands that is going through their diligence, they're like, but they said they could do this. And so why would you not take someone at their word, you know? And so, you know, I think I think we lose business. That doesn't mean they don't come around. We we got one recently that said no to us on the on the RFP stage. Uh this is a brand from the last few months. Uh and a giant glowing email like we've never been 
more satisfied than what's going on with our relationship with you. So what that meant is I, I just had to wait a little bit longer. The and, and they said, like, your competition, they don't say anything other than how you guys are awful. They don't tell us what they can do. They talk about awful. And I've, that's I've a crutch, though. They, they, that, that's definitely a crutch. Um, you know, it's, as, as an organization, franchisors, it's a very powerful exercise to sit there and, as a team and one, two, three sentences answer, what's the advantage of buying your franchise and joining your system, Early. right? That's so powerful if as a team you focus on that because what happens if everyone owns that and there's intention put behind it, well, then there's 10 other steps or actions you need to be checking on and that's what builds great culture and organization. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, I think if we swing competition over to franchisees, I find this this fascinating too. Franchisees, it's it's weird. I don't really hear them talk about their hatred. And I'm, I'm thinking through this, their hatred for um, for another pizza brand. Their hatred comes from, I don't want another franchisee in my market. So like they almost look at their competitors as people that could actually drive sales for them. You know, I hear that all the time. Like a franchisee is like, I don't want another franchisee coming to my market. And that's who they actually focus on internal competition, which isn't overly good. And that, that again, like that's an opportunity to, to get it right now, Charles, you and I have talked about some of the things that we're doing as a business to diversify our portfolio outside of franchising. I will say, and maybe it's just the directions that we're going in, some of the behaviors that we're talking about on bashing competition, I don't, I don't see it as much or as done with such hate or anger in some other segments that we've gone in. Like, for instance, we work with a bunch of businesses that are in tech. I don't get threatening calls from other agencies in tech. And frankly, I've built good relationships with them uh, where, you know, there, there could be a flow of business depending on expertise back and forth. Like I actually was at an event where I got together with quote unquote competitors, but it was to have friendly conversation about what's going on in the industry stuff. It was refreshing. Franchising is a, a little bit smaller and I think territorial. And that probably brings out the worst in some people in the way that they sell uh, their businesses, you know? Yeah. And tech's a bigger industry. Um, I think in terms of takeaways though, there really should be no room for bashing competition. Again, it's a big crutch. And if your team's doing it, they're lazy, right? So how many organizations in terms of Nick, in terms of the franchise sales process, what, what do you see? Like, and I, I agree, your website should have a, you know, sort of like a software comparison, brand A, B, and C, and what are the check boxes and, and how do these compare? But it's like culture, you, you can't really say the differences, you need to demonstrate them. So if your brand, if your competitor doesn't provide X in support, it's not up to you to say that. It's up to you to demonstrate how, how great the support is. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm in alignment with you. I think, and frankly, again, like in 
private conversation, which is not like, like if I'm talking to you as my friend and I'm pissed off that competitor X is running their mouth and I vent to you privately, that's not me bashing them. That's me saying I'm, I'm irritated that that's how they use it. And I think you're the same way when it comes to talking outward facing that's, that's PR. That's there's, there's a public face that you put on and you say, look, it, let, let's say you're, you're better, which I, I do think you're, if you're not the best, you're among the best in item 19s, but let's, if you're talking about it, you don't say, you know, lawyer X, their, their item 19s are awful. Say, look, let me show you some examples of how we've taken a different approach and how we put it together so that your candidates can clearly understand what your value proposition is when they're getting to item 19 in your FTD. So it's just a different different approach that's taken. But, you know, I, I think it's uh, on the franchise or side, on the development side, I do hear it. But but what's interesting this is, and I'm thinking through this in real time. I, I, I can directly go towards uh, a brand uh, where the, the CEO bashes the competition as a part of their sales process. And if you think about who, who this person bashes, they're, they're the ones that are taken off. And I think that's where I don't know that you can fake culture, you know? And I think candidates are smart enough to sniff that out. And ultimately, when it comes to the finish line, they might decide to go in a different direction simply because you screwed up in the way that you're talking about other other people. Because if it's a if you're so focused on the competition and not focused on yourself, then the, the candidates will sniff that out. And I'm, I, I can tell you what the brand that they are so irritated about has surpassed them. And that's uh I mean, that's, that's a telltale. And that's where like, I will, I will say when I see the hatred for our company on um, the sales marketing collateral that, that others use, I'm like, look, can't win them all. So if that, if that wins you a client, then I'm okay with that. Do you, do you win your, win those clients because I'm not sure they're the right match culturally for us then, you know? Well, it's, it's about educating. The, um, as you're speaking, I'm writing notes, right? So going back to that CEO of that fictional brand that's saying negative things about the competition, think about the lost opportunity, right? It's lazy. So for franchise sales teams, as they're evaluating website and, the conversations and the differentiators focus on the white space, right? What you do, how you do it, why you do it. I think that's where it, it becomes killer. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think that's that's the thing, and that's where, yeah. like, it's. I think it's hard in business because you do want to win everything. Every franchisor wishes that every qualified franchisee in the world would buy their brand. Like how, how easy would that be? You would grow, you grow the right way. You would have scalable franchisees, but then you get to the ones that say, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to take the right approach with my franchisees. I'm not going to bash the competition, not about them. It's about innovation internally with us. 
And what you see is you see the hockey stick with these brands and I'll, I'll put Jonathan's back up. He's, he's exactly one that will have hockey stick growth. You can see this with Shuck and Shack that they're, they're having, they're having the right, right pathway. But, but yeah, pull, pull that comment back up. Right. So Jonathan's a great example. In fact, I had a call um, with a client this morning, very similar mindset and they just, they're up to seven units culture right? You can't fake culture because it, it embeds everything you do. And you can have a check the box. Our culture is this, our core values are that. That's meaningless, right? But someone is living the brand like Jonathan, that bleeds into franchisees. And then totally. okay, so it's how do we live out that culture? What are those action steps we're taking? And you win on the franchise sales conversations and the marketing when you don't focus on the competition, but why you do things and connecting that to culture. And that means you need to be genuine. So if you're full of it, that's a good sign. You're going to be trashing your competition. And look again, like it's, is there a right way or a wrong way to doing this? Who knows? I mean, there's like, I've heard the quote, like if my competitor was drowning and asking for help, I would put my foot on their head and make them drown. You know, like that, that is, that is approach. That's like a, it's a very shark, shark attack. And then there's the, the businesses that say, you know what, we can all get along. There's no reason for us to fight plenty of business for all of us. Let's just do great stuff. Uh, and let's, you know, leverage best practices. Let's, let's have our agreement on what best practices are and let's, let's continue to do that. And that in essence, that has happened with franchising. Like you do have the best practices and the FDD does create a level playing field that allows a brand to tell their story in a structured way that puts everybody on a, on a level playing field when it comes to the, um, to that process, you know? There's just so much value in, in that deep dive into the culture and those differentiators. And what's interesting is we're not even talking about setting aside speaking negatively about a competitor to say that let's assume your competitors like in the legal field, I like most of our competitors, they're great guys and women. In the franchise space, let's assume the other brand, you have respect for them but your differentiators are in how you do things and what's good. So get to a deeper level. I guess my big takeaway here is if you focus, again, your culture is probably one where you're not inclined to ever talk about your competitors. If you feel that urge, don't go there. And also understand it's a signal you need to do a deeper dive into the special things you're doing. Well, and, and use it as an insight. Let's say, um, I don't know. Let, let's say, for instance, on, on the PR delivery that we offer as a business, let's say I'm looking at a competitor and they're getting, for argument's sake, national TV and we're not. Do I say, mm -hmm. oh, national TV isn't worth it? Or do I look internally and say, what do we need to do different as a business? If that's irritating me, what do I need to do different as a business to elevate our ability to book national TV. And it's it's like it's the half empty, half, half full approach. And I, I would say that's the same with, with your cultures. It's the same with how you talk about others. It's it's all this. 
but I wonder, uh, I wonder how many, how many businesses that technically don't do it, you know, treat thy neighbor well, they don't take that approach to business. I wonder how many of those have successful exits and how many that do do things as close to the right way as possible as we know it as humans. I wonder how many of those have great, great exits, you know? Yeah. Uh, do nice guys finish last? They they do finish first, right? Look, it's funny because I had these conversations this morning. It, culture is real if it's lived, and those brands are going to succeed. And in fact, they have, and this is what excites me about emerging brands, they have a massive opportunity to outmaneuver the bigger brands and the competition. If they live that culture and drive with it, like someone like Jonathan, I'd rather have him steering a ship than anyone else because he's going to live with that passion in his brain. Right. And I think ultimately, I mean, and th this is, this is where, how do you, and we, we do need to dive further into this. Like, how yeah. do you tell the culture story? Um, how do you take, how, how, how are you able to show uh, the passion of the people that are going to support the franchisees? Uh, because on a website, it, it is tough, you know? It's Nick, I'm going to tell look, that story. I, I, I've thought about this. Don't focus on the big things, focus on the little things. There's so many things great franchisors do that they assume everyone knows and it's not worth talking about. Talk about it. Yeah. Right. Cody Pepper from uh, Be Healthy Cafe, I was speaking with him this morning and he had a great line. At first, I'm like, that's not a good line. But he said, yeah, he was focused on KPIs. And then he he and I'm not doing it justice. He said, you know what? He goes, KPIs are people, too. I'm like, what does that really mean? He said, look, KPIs are important. And we focus on them. But we also need to focus on the action items behind them and what people are doing and how it contributes. So um, there's definitely that winning strategy. Yeah. And, and again, uh, I don't I, know. I mean, here too. And, and that's to your point. Yeah. Like an advantage a competitor offers is a great learning opportunity. And, and, and like your example with TV or, Mine, if a competitor does a great thing, let them own it and 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 respect it for sure. Or pull or pull it in. Say oh, no, that's, that's an insight. All right, that I feel like we're losing in this category. Don't focus on explaining why that doesn't matter. Focus on figuring out how your business can now elevate in that because you already pulled the insight that it's important to you. You know. Yeah. And again, I'm redundant, but that means you have a culture that cares and, and you're communicating and you're focused on KPIs and, and, you know, so it all connects. Well, look, and, and, and I think there are some things I'll, I'll put this up there. Not, not because it, it is rare that I get one of these. Usually it's the hate mail. So, oh, wow. so <laughs> but the point of me putting up there, like, I think I, my perception is, Simon's business does some of the same things we do. Yet Simon watches this every week. 
and I I would follow his stuff on on LinkedIn too, uh, because that, that's how it should be. I think. I think and his I'm, photo, by the way, that photo Simon's perfect because he's he's a giving person. He's just a great guy, right? So that's exactly right, Nick. Yeah. Well, and this is again like b- bigger statement. Probably the biggest statement here. Most people don't get a grip on the shortness of life. But why live so angry? <laughs> like just, just find happiness, you know? Yeah. So I guess our takeaways: just give someone a hug. Just give, give someone a hug. Recognition. And then give them the Franex symbol, and then like six people in the industry will know what. <laughs> but hey, uh, before we drop off of this, thanks to everybody for participating today. That was awesome to see a whole bunch of comments coming in. Uh, and obviously we, we like sharing them on the screen too. Uh, cause we got to give you guys love too. So thanks for watching. Uh, this is another episode of Franix. See ya.